Thanks for tuning into the Sounds of Healing podcast. You will discover a new way of being using the power of sound and vibrations. We'll be having conversations with new thought leaders, sound healers, and mind-body experts. Listen and find the path to your elevated dreams. Please join me in welcoming Anne-Marie Cushing. I am so, so excited and thrilled and honored that we have this opportunity to talk with Anne-Marie today, and she has just traveled the world helping with change and the environment and the vibrations and everything through sound and just through her heart. And I want to share with you a little bit about her background. For over 25 years, Anne-Marie Cushing has been an international and national integrative behavioral and contemplative science health educator, advisor, and advocate, consulting for hospitals, clinics, foundations, metaspas, life sciences, education and wellness centers throughout the U.S., Asia, and Southeast Asia. Anne-Marie was the acting president and COO of The Pavilion, an integrative biohealth, lifestyle, and life science center presently in development in the Washington, D.C. area. Emory sits on numerous boards of directors, boards of trustees, and advisory boards for a wide variety of organizations, such as the New York Open Center, the Voice of Hope, and the California Institute of Human Sciences. She has been the program coordinator and mentor for the Sound and Music Certification Program at the New York Open Center. Anne-Marie has been a participant for the first Mind and Music NIH Research Symposium at the Kennedy Center in D.C. in 2017. Over a span of 12 years, Anne-Marie worked for the Columbia University Medical Center and Continuum Partners as Managing Director of 36 medical programs and nine clinics in 69 divisions within the Department of Psychiatry. Emory has a BA in political science and international relations from the University of California, Berkeley, and an MGA from UMUC. She holds a French culture and language certification from La Sorbonne. She is certified in holistic psychology, sound and light therapy. She is certified in holistic psychology, sound and light therapy, Tai Chi, Qigong, Jinshin Jitsu. Anne-Marie has traveled worldwide as a spokesperson and advocate for health and integrative medicine modalities. She has also been a producer, director of small independent films on the subject of health and music for Four Corners Productions and Buttons NY. As an Explorer member since 2002, Anne-Marie has filmed in Cambodia, Cuba, and the Mediterranean, focusing on the solar eclipse. Please help me welcome... Amory, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Delighted to be here with you, Karen. Yes, I, I would just so excited to learn more about how you were able to do so much. I, I was I've been so honored to know you over the years and always appreciated your support. And I've never met anybody that traveled the world in every few months, I think it was. You're always coming and going from somewhere amazing, doing something amazing. So it's going to be fun to learn all, uh, more about that, especially now as we're facing COVID and life has become simpler. Just what was that like when you had that life that shared so much commitment of your time and financially? just to travel the world and to lead and promote healing centers and all these causes and how you juggled it with your family and all your commitments. It's just so amazing how you turned your dreams into action steps that became reality. I'd love to hear more about just how you could do that, how you did that. I know you're amazing, but what, what was that like? <laughs> well, I, you know, I always said that uh, I was born on an airplane almost. Um, <laughs> my parents, um, my mother had taken me to Arizona when I was three months old from the East Coast. And so ever since then, I was always on an airplane since three months. So it was sort of next second nature to me. It was never thought of as something unusual or difficult or, you know, uh, a mind 
block to where I felt uncomfortable or anxious or, you know, somehow felt that it could not work for me. I, I, it was always sort of in my backyard. So the world in many ways was my backyard because my father was in the foreign service. And so since I was seven years old, I was living overseas in Asia which is hence why you see my biography, wow. which is a very, very Asian sort of um, influenced uh, because I had luckily had the exposure to the Chinese and Thai way of doing healing very young. So um, it was not foreign to me, neither the travel nor the various different modalities of healing practices. And for me, they were considered um, what I considered uh, traditional, um, you know, they weren't considered complementary or alternative. They were traditional ways of doing medicine. And since I was able to have that exposure very young, it came, you know, second nature and travel too. It came second nature to where I felt very comfortable in different cultures and countries because I did have that exposure very early. But when you were saying about COVID, you know, it certainly put a clamper on my lifestyle and my way of doing my work. And um, luckily, because I've had the exposure of these wonderful modalities of meditation and sound meditation and, and um, variables of, of, you know, what we call complementary medicine. Um, it came pretty naturally just to sit and be quiet for this year. And I feel in many ways, despite, um, you know, a, a hardship to so many, you know, particularly with work and also those who have lost uh, their loved ones, um, it has been a good time for um, all of us to get a little bit of downtime and not run around so much and to focus inward and to also appreciate what we did have and also to have um, sort of a moment of reflection and repose and relaxation and, uh, you know, being much more um, integrated into ourselves with all the things we've been doing because we needed that reset button. Certainly the environment did. And I see a big change with the environment. And I also see it with people as well. I see a lot more happiness in people because they're, they're slowing down, you know, and they're not in this manic state of uh, compulsive doing and, and being and being doing and not being. So I've been very, very lucky. I feel at this particular time, and uh, so it's been very positive. Oh, that's beautiful. Could you share with us, as we aren't able to travel as much and not everyone will have all of your experiences, and we're looking into this two-dimensional screen in front of us, how you can adapt so that you can actually see beyond the screen to the world as you who have it within your blood and, and all your memories and all your doing and being you, you you know what it's like to reach out to the whole world and and the world is small and connected and we all know it's connected but but how we can make that that gap to know that we're one person that can make a difference mm -hmm. well i think that um staying connected is very important you know i've read a lot about the 1918 uh pandemic um you know the influenza and you know when you think about it no one really had any method of communication except direct speaking to individuals and writing letters you know and here today we're so lucky to have zoom i know you're you know in long island and i'm in washington dc yes. right now and we're so fortunate that we've been able to use this you know mode of communication through our iphone and through our computer uh because we you know had that advantage to staying connected and now of course many different uh, modalities and programs are all on Zoom. I do my Qigong, you know, weekly on Zoom with a gentleman from China and uh, twice a week actually. And then another young lady in, in New York City. And um, then I have courses out in California that I take and courses that I take also up in New York and it's all online. And so I never feel quite lonely because you can still, you know, congregate, um, but of course you're isolated and you're keeping definitely six feet apart, but you at least have, um, you know, a mode of some sense of being still part of the world. You know, we are still one and uh, we also have TV to keep us up on all the various, you know, 
incidences and uh, it's been quite a year, you know, but we're not alone. We're all connected through these mediums. And, um, and then at the same time, it's a breather that we're not having as much maybe running around travel to go to a course, you know, like we did before. And uh, because it was a lot of energy that is expended when you do that. And so now you can do it this way. And I've been finding it just as, as, as positive and wonderful and work is being still conducted and done. And, um, you know, in terms of certainly getting ideas together. Um, and then in some ways also putting a lot of these platforms um, online and, you know, and it will bridge and bring more people together from all parts of the world. That's the difference today. You know, you can reach a bigger audience. Yes, it is certainly a silver lining in mm -hmm. all of our situations. It came so naturally to you to be a leader and to just turn a dream into these action steps that became sustainable reality that changed groups and just changed the trajectory of so many people. Can you look into how you were able to do that just to make it into smaller um, steps that you were able to happen? Well, I think that it's um, like everything. It starts early in your life. Um, I, I think that I always sort of had a mission that I wanted to help people from early on. And um, I always knew that it would be somehow in the field of, um, of, of healing of some nature or format. And you kind of have a calling and you know it, it's something that you, you know, uh, witness within yourself. And then if you're lucky to have parents and support people around you that that give you that support and say, do what you want to do and, you know, and, and achieve what you want to, that's the best gift of all, you know, and then you have to take some risks, you know, and, and you've got to take those challenges where you thought maybe, um, you know, they were not able, one is not able to do them, but if you are with a team of people, which I often, you know, lucky to have experienced, then it becomes less um, a burden on you and you become much more, um, uh, you know, able to do 10 times more than what you do with just one person. So that helps a great deal too. It's really a collective thought and a collective idea. And when you throw out the idea of what you want to do, often like, you know, like attracts like, you do meet these people in your pathway and they come together and people help people towards that, that mission you know, and to, and towards that endeavor. So I think my sort of natural proclivity to think positively about doing things because I'm fairly open, I would say, if anything, that's, you know, a, a big factor. I keep myself, I try to keep myself as open to the world and understanding of the world as I can. And, and when you do that, many good things come your way and many opportunities. You also have to know when to take them. And I've missed many, many great opportunities too, you know, that I didn't feel the timing was right. And sometimes you have to pick and choose and, you know, it's like catching a wave. You gotta know when to get it and, you know, get up on that board and surf it, you know. But, uh, you know, sometimes you don't because you sit back and go, it's just not it, it's not the right time. Um, so I think because I have an open mind and I'm kind of boundaryless. I don't see the world with um, boundaries and borders. It's um, because of probably that young influence um, that I had uh, growing up overseas early that probably um, was to my advantage. It's so beautiful. It's like you're a pioneer. That's another yeah. example I think we saw from COVID. We all knew we're connected and we're all one and what we do affects everyone but with with seeing how covid spread and how we shared the misery and the suffering and the victories and what we're learning and now searching for the vaccines and all the recovery it, it we're we're living the connection that you've known your whole life i was wondering it seems like you spent a lot of time in thailand and i know you had a center there and is when you were in asia was 
was life simpler? Like basically, did it feel simpler? Uh, yeah, in many ways it does. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's also a city, like I was in Bangkok and then also in the countryside um, up north. But, um, you know, it depends where you're living. Bangkok is as just a bustling city as New York City is. So you get all the various wears and tears, you know, and it's very, very hot. Um, but uh, in many ways, the attitude about work is, is that, you know, as a person, you really are identified as who you are and what you are. And then work is sort of secondary. And sometimes the Western world and certainly the East Coast Western world, the, a lot of the identity is it was sort of focused as to who you, you know, what you did and what you are through what you do. And um, back in the East, that just isn't the case. It's, it's very much people won't necessarily ask you what you do for a very long time, you know, in your relationship. And, uh, and it's part of the charm, you know, of life there, because it's really about relationship and how you interact in your relationship. Not even the past is necessarily in, of interest. It's the interaction of how you show your friendship and, and your camaraderie and your coming together. And when you establish clinics, even, it's sort of like that too. It's a marvel at times how things sort of pop up and can get up in two, three weeks because mm -hmm. there's so many people that can move quickly and together because there's a real sort of cohesive, you know, oneness um, together attitude as a society. But at the same time, before it all happens, you, 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 there's none of the real step-by-step -step planning in the same way as we do in the West, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that can be very frustrating for people who come from the West at first, you know? But um, I kind of know that th things get done because you can see that they do and you just let it get done in its own way over there. And, it, and they do, they put up clinics of all natures all over, you know? And in some ways it's, it's more commendable because they don't have as many strict restrictions. I mean, we have a very tough FDA, which is a good thing actually. And we have um, very strong systems of, um, of, you know, quality control, which is an important factor, you know? Um, and so we have less limitation, we have more limitations, you know, um, and more barriers and boundaries put on us on some ways than they do you know, but uh, you just learn to live the way people do their work, you know, and the way the country operates. And, and then you add in a little bit of your own personality to it, too. That's fascinating. Yes. Oh, oh, it's just so amazing all that you do and the lobbying and all the work you've done in on Capitol Hill. And now, I, the NIH, the Music and Medicine Symposium, that must be really fascinating and in interesting, such a great cause. Well, the, the NIH program, it was opened up in 2017 to uh, variable, various groups of people. And I was invited also as an educator because um, at that time I was chairwoman and co-chair of the New York Open Center and I worked at Columbia and whatever. So they were getting variable ideas from different people. And now they've got many studies on helping people with very serious diseases, um, you know, work with sound and music, you know, and see what kind of value that that has in in putting people into a state of, of relaxation and then hence helping them heal. So um, they've been doing these studies, they got a $5 million grant. And I think, you know, um, they're still marching along uh, with their various projects, but much, of course, the focus is on the COVID dynamic right now, so we don't hear much about it. But people are working in all their fields at NIH continually, and um, it's just not the major focus. Um, and uh, But it is commendable to see these researchers, and I do believe that sound is the future medicine of the world, and as you've had other guests, such as David Gibson and others that are now working in this field, to, to establish frequencies and, and notes and sounds for them for to heal various you know values in a body that need work um, you know it's an exciting moment to be witnessing 
how sound has come to the forefront, you know, in this field in a much more clinical basis and senses, you know, much more research. And same with meditation, so much research being done on it and so much money, more money given so that people can do their research. Really amazing. And I love the work you did at the Open Center. I was able to be a part of some of it. I actually presented there a few times. It's such a beautiful community of souls that are really open to learning and expanding more and working with all the well-known sound healers that must have been a very great experience well i you know i think that uh the greatest experience um that i found working as you know on the board of trustees was the actual fact of being part of an, a program there, not just you know being part of the board, but actually participating in an actual program. And to see the transformation that happens with people who start off at the beginning of a nine month program and at the end of their program and how it changed their lives. Mm -hmm. I then said this, you know, we don't know why necessarily, it's not obviously evidential, um, they weren't doing any clinical studies or trials or whatever, but you can see it by witnessing what happened to the students. And for me, that right there was a commitment to the organization and I still am very attached to it. Um, I still greatly support it in, in, in its um, missions and its value. They've moved online now, strictly online after 36 years of being in a physical mm -hmm. presence. And um, you know, I think this will bridge and bring more people from all over the world to be able to know what the New York Open Center was rather than being just a small urban center, holistic center among a, you know, a handful or maybe, maybe a dozen of these centers throughout the country. And you know, here this urban center in the East Coast had so many you know, opportunities for people to really become who they wanted to become because it was during that transition when people were not necessarily able to not become a lawyer or doctor or whatever their parents were telling them to. And they were able to then recognize that there were people that were doing great work out there and they could actually be an acupuncturist or they could be a sound healer or they could be a, a death and dying specialist, you know, doula. And, you know, by having that affirmation of a center and other people studying it and being with them, it gave people tremendous openness to becoming and learning about themselves. And right there to me, as you've seen in classes, it's just amazing, you know, that these opportunities mm -hmm. were available for people. And you have to give great credence to people um, such as Walter Beebe who started, you know, the center and Ralph White and many others who saw this early in the 80s and said, this is what New York City needed. Very special place. It was like an island within yes. itself of this beautiful, peaceful energy yeah. and a high vibration. And well, partly because it's genuine, you know, they never, they wanted to be, be able to be open to all people of all economic backgrounds. And they didn't, um, you know, make it uh, a center of, um, of chicness, you know, they, 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 or trend. It was ahead of its time and it was deep and the work that they chose and the people that they chose to speak were very well vetted and are continually well vetted. And um, you get the real deal there. You just get the real deal. Yes, I'm glad it will continue and be more open to the world. Absolutely. Yeah. But to keep that specialness happening that you've done so much for, it's, yeah, very, very real, very beautiful. And all I would love if you could share with us some of your experiences with the Asian sound healing. The, you were speaking to me about some healing sounds from China. Share with us a meditation or help us understand it. Well, I think that, you know, I always say that meditation is a very private, private, personal 
sort of um, understanding and everybody has their own meditation that somehow they fall upon, you know, or, and they fall upon personally at that particular time and it can change and people can come through, you know, I went for years, I was doing mantras um, and, uh, you know, I do want to certainly make some credence to some of the teachings at the Open Center of the Sound program, you know, with uh, Sylvia Nakash and John Beaulieu and, and Pat Muffet Cook and, and Yesai, you know, uh, Barnwell and, and various others who are real trend or what I call pioneers, Glenn you know, Velez. and Glenn Velez and oh, countless teachers yeah. that were able to open the doors. And each of them brought many wonderful meditations that were very different from all their experiences. Mm, yeah. And each of them had value. So for me, I, I still don't have a particular one that I um, adhere to. I do it depending on what um, that specific need is. I think that I shared with you two Chinese ones um, that are Taoist um, and um, Taoist programs because they focus on nature. And I think that we're gonna share them with the audience as well. And I'll let that sort of let the um, moderator of those uh, meditations you know, speak mm -hmm. to them, because um, I found that that one opened your soul up to the universe, as Taoist, you know, meditations often do. And the five healing elements and the six sound healing um, aspects are are very important to medicine in China. They they're over two thousand three hundred or so years. Um, old um, people don't hear as much about them. They also incorporate breath with them together with elements, together with um, aspects of uh, a color and um, also with breath and then also with movement, which Qigong added back in um, five, about 500 years ago. But uh, just a few sounds like yeah or she or si or um, xiang, all those various um, sounds help and enable um, uh, the vibrations of either your heart or your liver or your pancreas or your intestinal tract some make a vibration so that it can come together in a very fluid way instead of a very specific orientation like we do in the west which is to dissect and go at a particular area and focus on it it it's about bringing all the, the five elements together the sounds together so that people can then have a more balanced yin and yang so it, it takes it from a different approach so for me i think that I relate to that particular modality the most because I think it brings uh, an understanding of universal um, harmony that you then somehow then connect and vibrate and resonate with the rest of the world at the same time. And, and, and it's ironic that music, the sign of music in Chinese of character is also the sign of medicine. So they have, it has a long established root um, that the two share because they saw that sound was a very important aspect to, for instance, to growing crops. They were able to induce sound mm -hmm. and it helped, you know, crops grow. And so they knew that it had a fertile ability as long as you brought some form of harmony so that there wasn't in, in any imbalance or blockage so that growth can happen in whatever aspect and mostly growth and healing. Oh, that's, oh, I feel that. Yes, it's and a very it's powerful. So when you share it, you know, you've lived it. It's, it, we're very honored that we have this experience. Yes. Um, with the five healing sounds in it, so it's with the five elements. So they would correspond to the earth, the fire, the water, wind, and wood, that, and, the wood. and wood. Okay. Yes. And uh, so in China, everything has a perspective of, of many values, also feelings and emotions attached to those like anger, you know, together with fire, you know, so it's not just a one dimensional 
purpose. It's it's a it's mm. sort of a hexagram, you know, of of uh, just like our cells. You know, it's the same kind of makeup to where all of our cells resonate together because all the elements are resonating and and mm. and becoming in sequence and becoming entrained together. And that's what sound healing is. Beautiful. You know? So the vibrations remove any blocks as there's a flow. Yes, absolutely. The so energy, the flow of nature, the flow of love. Right. And you very seldom see that any one area is done just for that specific, you know, dynamic, mm -hmm. let's say your liver. Some people do it, but if you do all of them together, and I sent you a link so that people can, you yeah. know, see how to do them. If, if you do all of them together, um, because we don't have a video, I can't show you, but then you will be able to have more harmony within your life. And like anything, it's about having quite a lot of repetition so that your body then begins to be acquainted and then naturally the blockages, you know, dissipate and you begin to flow. And that's also, of course, as we know, with Qigong and, and Tai Chi and all those elements of, of Chinese healing. But it's a wonderful aspect. And I think that they're now using um, the five elements and the six, you know, um, healing sounds in dynamics in cancer and depression and sad issues, you know, related issues and uh, and and other variables. So the Chinese are working on this and doing many studies as well, clinical trials as well. It's so timely that we have this opportunity to talk to you as we're all rebalancing our lives. And I love what I'm feeling is the concept of the interconnectedness in our lives and with each other. Because if one part of our life has changed so much, like for you, it's the travel, for all of us, it's travel and the personal connections and what the work might be or what all these things have changed. It's not just one thing that changed and our life is now so different, but so many things change. So to get back into that place of a flow, it's to see all the things that change together and, and finding that new pattern of connectedness. Right. It's creating and one supporting That's right. the other. Right. One supporting the other and we, and the variables are varied, you know, and, 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 you know, just expansive. So I always say that if you have a practice, you keep doing your practice consistently. And then when a certain circumstance such as this COVID brought, you know, sort of everything to a halt, we can deal better with circumstances that are not so easy for us right now. And of course, we all feel as though we don't have, we have less restriction, like for me, to not travel, um, and it's been over, what, nine months, 10 months, about, or whatever. I think the last travel I did was in February, and, um, it, you know, uh, it was a big shift, a big change, because it was a way of life for me. It was a way that I, I understood myself on a personal level as well as a professional level, but then I just said I can, with all the training that you have with meditation, you just say you have to accept what it is, and why fight something that's not going to change, you know, and live, you know, comfortably with it and find values of what you would normally not do, you know, with it. For instance, I'm, I'm now doing the audio book of, of Moby Dick. And, you know, I hadn't read Moby Dick <laughs> since I was, I don't know what age it was, but <laughs> many moons ago. So um, I'm rereading it and, or re-listening to it because I want to listen to it this time you know, That's beautiful, so much yeah. that you've shared. So how can people connect with you? Maybe ask a question or communicate. I'm sure. Sure. Would love to well, that. you know, I'd love for people to know about voice for hope because, um, that's the foundation that I have that is about advocacy work, um, for the variable 100 or so modalities in the cam world, the complementary and, an alternative medicine world. And so what we do is we go down to Congress and we educate um, congressional leaders and also their staff about the variable different modalities so that when they do think about 
you know, medical reform and, and, and health reform issues, they keep that in mind, you know, that the CAM is a very, very important aspect of medicine, and it plays a very big part in the U.S. Um, uh, method of, of, of healing. And um, so I'd like people to know about Voice for Hope. Org. That's very important. Please look online. Um, but we offer many different um, training sessions when we're back in session after, of course, COVID. But, uh, you know, uh, we had 300 um, homeopaths on the Hill that were mothers that came down oh, two years ago and they presented um, their paper and their drafts um, to the FDA saying that they wanted their various different vials of different homeopaths to still be on the shelf and that they shouldn't be removed. And, um, and uh, that we gave them a platform to learn how to go down to Congress. And it was probably the happiest weekend they ever had because they really realized that they had a voice and that they, it could be counted or it felt like it could be counted. And somebody was listening to them and that, that you know, that you actually can go down to Congress and that's what you're supposed to do to let people know what's going on in your life so that they know um, how to legislate for you. So that's one organization there. And of course, um, I mentioned earlier, um, uh, we both did uh, the NewYorkOpenCenter.org um, because they have wonderful online classes. They're going to do a death and dying conference. That was a very big part of our uh, initiatives. Um, and that's going to be at the end of uh, October. So we hope everybody can join. They also have a wonderful Esoteric Quest event um, online too, which will bring you to 25 different countries all over the world. And you can learn about the various wonderful um, different meditations and different spiritual values from all these countries that Ralph White, the, one of the founders of the Open Center conducts. And then um, I have also the California Institute of Human Sciences, which is a wonderful school that I hope people can look into. That's cihs.org that I'm a board of trustee, which we focus on um, getting masters and PhD programs in the healing modalities, because we wanted people to be able to, have, you know, study about energy and they could still get a, a master's and accredited master's and accredited PhD program if they wanted to. So that's one of the very first schools and only schools in the United States that offers master's and PhD programs in the healing you know, arts. And um, so you can find me in any of those arenas as well as my own home uh, email, which is amariecushing at gmail.com, A-M-A-R. R-I-E-C-U-S-H-I-N-G at gmail.com. And I would love to hear any questions um, or anything about you'd like to know. And um, please feel free to reach out. Mm, thank you so much for all you shared. It just feels like we traveled the world and, and learned that we can do things. We can make action steps that, that really make a difference. If I may just add one point, advocacy, advocacy, and I think it's the best, um, I think, title I've ever heard that, that was ever given to a talk oh, that I've given um, and, or an interview, because I'll tell you why, because I always felt that every work that we do or study that we do, you know, um, in any format, whether it be traditional or untraditional or whatever, should somehow inspire us to somehow make a difference in the world. And um, advocacy work is a way of expressing what you have learned and what you have studied and what you have become through learning and all that study. And then when you can not only share it, which is a form of advocacy, you know, in a more, let's say, uh, educational setting, but you can also fight for it. You can also make sure that it gets, you know, a voice so that legislation and, and uh, you know, congressional hearings can be there so that people can know that, you know, if you have acupuncture needles coming into this country, they can still come in because people fought very hard and wide. My partners on Voice for Hope did that work back in the 70s to make sure that acupuncture needles were able to be legal in the United States. And that was quite an unusual fight back then. And that is why we have, um, 
you know, these these products that are still at times, you know, stopped by the FDA, but then of course, then through advocacy, people then share and tell them that these work, you know, and that these are good and the, they're very effective in healing. So um, get out there and make your voice count. Much of the work I did was to open up doors so that people could have a voice that they could express themselves um, with and that they then could know that that voice would be counted. And if you'd have any questions, I'd love to share them with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being the change. And thank you for showing us that it's possible and helping us raise our bar personally. And for, the, for all of humanity, especially now, as we all can make a difference. So thank you for being all of that for all you've given so many people and for us here, the sounds of healing. And we thank you also for the meditation you'll be sharing now that you shared with us. Many, many blessings and love and harmony. Integrating breath, mind, body, meditation. Adjust your body. Begin your meditation by finding a comfortable place to sit and relax completely. Lightly rest your hands on your lap with palms facing up. If you have hypertension, palms face down. Relax your facial muscles by raising your eyebrows a few times and smiling. Lightly close your eyes and clear your mind of all thoughts. Relax and be comfortable. Adjust your breathing. Now bring your attention to your breath. Breathe in and out slowly, making each inhale, exhale last about 10 seconds. You can do this by following the sound rhythm in the background. Place your attention on your belly. When you breathe in, your belly should expand. When you breathe out, it should pull in. Let your breathing be soft, even, deep, and slow. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Great. You will soon do this without thinking about it. Remember, breathe slowly and naturally. It's okay to breathe slower than the background rhythm, as long as you feel comfortable and relaxed. Adjust your mind. Clear your mind of all thoughts. Have your awareness rest on your belly, the place where all energy flows in and from. Anytime you have difficulty following the instructions, just return your awareness to your belly. Imagine a warm golden ball in your belly. Stay relaxed. Release any tension in your mind, including the effort to meditate. Just rest your awareness on the warm golden ball in your belly. If your mind wanders, that is okay. 
It is part of the meditation practice to get your mind gradually rested and focused. Be patient. Just remind yourself that you're meditating and simply return your attention to the warm golden ball in your belly. When you hear the word song, meaning relax in Chinese, breathe out slowly and relax your head by thinking of the word song. Move your head if that helps to relax. Do the same with other parts of your body. Now, let's begin. Relax your head. Relax your face. Relax your neck. In your belly, you begin to visualize a small sun. The sun appears clearly in your belly. The color is golden and bright. The sun is warm, like a small heater radiating warmth. The sun gradually becomes warmer and warmer like a fireball. When breathing in, the sun becomes larger and hotter. When breathing out, it becomes smaller and brighter. Brighter. Repeat this image until you feel the glowing warmth in your belly. Good. Breathing in, the sun becomes larger and hotter. Breathing out, the sun becomes smaller and brighter. Gathering energy from the universe. Now, imagine you are sitting on a beach by the ocean. The ocean is creating peaceful waves to the rhythm of your breathing and surrounding you with white energy. All the pores of your skin are open. Breathe in the white energy into your body through the pores of your skin. Breathe out. The white energy flows to your belly. You have now absorbed the white energy around you, which mixes with the golden energy and forms a golden silver ball in your belly. The golden silver ball starts spinning in a clockwise direction. As the ball spins faster and grows larger, you feel your whole body begin to expand with the energy, growing larger and lighter. You become a large balloon and start to float away. You have come to a beautiful, secluded place, facing a waterfall in the mountain. 
surrounded by colorful flowers. Imagine an opening at the top of your head, like a skylight. The sacred crystal clear water is splashing into your brain, forming a strong whirlpool, washing away all the poison and toxic matter inside your brain. Imagine six cells in each area of discomfort are gradually removed and washed away by the sacred water. It drains out of your body through the bottom of your feet. Briskly rub your palms together until they feel warm. Then stroke your face with your hands from the top down several times. Rub your palms together again and comb your hair with your fingers several times. Open your eyes and rub your palms together again. Put your warm palms over your eyes and see the clear white light and energy coming from your palms into your eyes. Lightly pat your head from front to back and pat your body from your head to feet. Take a deep breath in and sigh lightly on the exhale. Now you're feeling pure, clean, relaxed, and very healthy. You've been listening to the Sounds of Healing podcast. Please subscribe to our community as we raise our vibrations and offer support and celebration. To learn more about today's story and guest, and to receive free gifts, please visit KarenOlson.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-O-L-S-O-N, and click on Podcast. The music you've heard today was composed and performed by Karen Olson. Until next time, may you have many sound blessings.